interpersonal skills require wisdom. It is the wisdom to know how to speak, act, behave, and respond to another person. And wisdom is essentially what the wisdom means is it's a body of principles that govern the way that we act, speak, and behave and respond to other people. I'm Dr. Grace Lee, and you're listening to the Career Revisionist Podcast for executives, team leaders, people managers, and ambitious professionals from all backgrounds. It's for those among us who can't stay stagnant and admire anyone who demonstrates exponential growth. We challenge ourselves to step out of our comfort zone and into higher levels of leadership, and we are determined to rise confidently in our industry so that we can make our greatest contribution using our knowledge and expertise. We've worked hard to become great at what we do, but only so we can achieve the goals that give our lives meaning and purpose. And while we persevere through a college education to get us here with our technical skills, we understand that to get to the next level where we desire to be, it requires a different kind of skills. We're not comfortable with failure because we experience satisfaction when we are advancing. And while some of us work well under pressure, all of us perform the best when we are part of a winning team. And instead of just hoping to achieve what's important to us, we choose to become a more optimized version of ourselves to make it happen. We're not just A players. We are A plus players, and we are the source of consistent output that makes positive advancements in the world around us. How to improve your interpersonal skills, even if you're shy and introverted. Right? So when it comes to improving anything at all, it's really important to understand what that thing really is so that you can improve upon it. And today what this video is, in, is talking about is interpersonal skills. So let's take a moment just to understand what exactly are interpersonal skills. Right. So when it comes to interpersonal, right, that's a long word. Let's break it down here. The prefix of interpersonal is inter and the prefix inter means in between. Right. And so interpersonal means in between people. So then interpersonal skills, you see how we can build on these definitions and therefore have a better understanding. So therefore, interpersonal skills refers to how we speak, how we behave, how we respond to other people so that we are improving and creating upon desirable outcomes as a result of that interaction. So that is what interpersonal skills mean, because you are interacting with people at the workplace. You're interacting with people every day in life. It could be the people at home. It could be people in the office. It could be people on Zoom. It could be people all across the world or on social media. Those are all interpersonal skills. Right? As a result of that interaction you have with somebody or a group of people, how do you ensure that that interaction produces better outcomes? So that's what we're going to talk about today in this video. And by the way, if you resonate with what I'm saying so far, and that definition alone gave you an aha moment, then I want to hear from you. Comment below. Comment below on what you have learned so far. And remember to subscribe to my channel, ring that bell, so you can receive a notification every time I release a new video. Interpersonal skills require wisdom. It is the wisdom to know how to speak act, behave, and respond to another person. And wisdom is essentially what the wisdom means is it's a body of principles that govern the way that we act, speak, and behave, and respond to other people. So you see, wisdom is a body of principles. It guides our perceptions. It gu guides our discernment as well, because we need to have the ability to discern what to say, to discern what responses are appropriate and what responses will produce those outcomes as a result of the interaction. So it is really guides our discernment and our perceptions. And you can see here by this definition of wisdom, understanding what it is and that it is a requirement when you make the connection of wisdom to interpersonal skills. This is when you re realize that it has nothing to do with being shy or introverted. 
Can you see that, right? Having the wisdom to speak, behave, respond to other, another person uh, means that you have a body of principles. You have that knowledge base, and therefore you've applied that knowledge base enough times to develop it into a skill set. And the skill set, now you have the confidence of that skill set that you can put it out to the real world and therefore gain experience on that application of the skill set. That is wisdom. It has nothing to do with your personality or your preferences. Right. So shyness, introvertedness, those are personality driven. And in, in to some extent, it is also a preference. Right. So then wisdom. And so therefore you can be you can improve your interpersonal skills and it does not depend on those elements. So in this video, what I want to share with you are four key principles. And again, this is about developing principles and therefore elevating your wisdom because that's what we want here. So I'm going to give you four key principles on how you can improve your interpersonal skills. Principle number one is social competency. Social competency. So competencies, right? A competency is where you have a proficiency in something. It means in essence that you have achieved mastery. So social competency is mastery of a social situation, mastery of a social network. So what are some areas of mastery that I'm talking about here? When it comes to social competency, this is where you master the skill sets. This is what you hear all in social media when you Google something. This is what most people talk about when they say improving your interpersonal skills. It is only one component of it, and that's the social competencies. And these are things like communication skills, conflict management, right? This is things like negotiation, expressing yourself. And that's, those are social competencies. And that's just one component of it. In fact, it's only one fourth of it. So when you are Googling things out there and you're watching other videos or reading articles, and this is what most people refer to when they think about, when they think about how do I improve my, my interpersonal skills? And this is only one fourth of it, mastering these particular skill sets. And if that is you and you're serious about mastering these skill sets, right? One of the most important shifts that you need to make is understanding that just learning something does not mean you have mastered it. Learning something initially means that you have a cognitive understanding of it, an intellectual understanding of it, but that is not the end goal. The end goal is mastery. This is where you have mastered it, which means that you no longer need to use a lot of a whole lot of your mental resources in order to perform that thing, right? If it is, for example, communication skills, your ability to be able to effectively present your ideas to non-specialist audience, your ability to be able to persuade your teams or your bosses or your supervisors. Achieving mastery in that one arena means that you can perform those things and communicate effectively without a whole lot of your mental resources. That's when you have achieved mastery. So if you have realized that, that's the biggest shift that you need to make right now, and you're serious about making that shift, then I invite you to book a call with me. Below this video, in the description of the video, there is a link, the first link you will see, that will lead you to an application. So this is for an application for you to apply for executive level coaching from me, where I'm gonna take you by the hand and show you exactly how you develop mastery in all of these skill sets communications, negotiation, conflict management, really developing the social competencies so that you can take your career to the next level. So if you're serious about this, only if you're serious, then of course, click the link below and I'll see you on the inside. So that's the first principle is social competency. Principle number two, standards of conscience. Standards of conscience, right? So what is conscience? Conscience is when you have a standard for how you will treat other people. 
for example. It is also having a moral compass, an inner voice, a guide that shows us on how to behave, a guide, a really a moral compass that really shows us and helps us to have an acute level of awareness of the rightness or the wrongness of our behaviors or our potential behaviors or our thoughts towards another person. So this is a standard that you have, right? Because we do not rise to our dreams, we rise to our highest standards. So your standards of conscience will really guide you on your philosophy. It will formulate your philosophy on how you treat other people and therefore how you formulate and how you are able to, uh, to, to perform in the first principle, which is social competency. And a lot of people, we understand this at an intellectual level, that we've got to have a social conscience. But somehow, in very particular situations or very particular events, sometimes we still don't know how to act. And we still don't know what to say. Or we still don't know exactly how we should respond to someone in that moment. And it requires a lot of external guidance to help us to hone that skill set. Because this is a, a key guiding principle to have that level of standard conscience. When you master this area, this principle, standard conscience, this is when in any situation that you can come across in the workforce or in your relationships or in your life, that you will know how to act. This is when you have that truly mastered the skill set of that moral compass, the guide. So you can begin to see now how one principle builds upon the other. We understand it on an intellectual level that, yeah, we got to behave morally, that we got to treat others in a certain way. But sometimes there are some what you call gray, gray zones, isn't there? Not everything in a, in a social relationship is black and white. There are these gray zones. And in these gray zones, they frequently happen in the workplace, especially when you are, if you are working in a multicultural organization or in an organization where there's both in-person and also on Zoom interactions. And so therefore, there's a lot of gray zones. Having that that zone of conscience, right? Having the standard of conscience and developing the master around that will help you to be able to master your and improve your interpersonal skills as well. Key principle number three is situational consciousness. This is when you are truly, genuinely, and very acutely aware of your surroundings. You have situational awareness. Right? And oftentimes when we are so focused on doing our work, we're so focused on that one thing that we don't see truly everything, the situation around us, the contextual features of it. So having a, a, having a what's called a situational consciousness means that you are aware of yourself and how you relate to the context around you, but you are also aware of the entire big picture of the, of the situation around you. And this will help guide your actions as well. And also to be able to help you formulate mental models of what to do and what to say in those particular situations. Because let's face it, any situation you can come across at work or in life has a lot of dynamicity in it. It has a lot of features. There's a lot of, it could be a lot of moving pieces. There could be many things in that environment or in that event that you don't see. And so it requires honing of that skill set. It requires honing that consciousness, right? So when you have true awareness of what's around you, sometimes this is when you realize that your actions or maybe your choice of what you're going to do isn't quite appropriate. Or what, that's when you realize that there's this other part of it that you didn't see before, and it's going to actually change or pivot your strategy moving forward. And that is how powerful awareness can be. And so you see, when it comes to having situational awareness, 
one of the things that is blocking, preventing people from having that that acuteness and awareness is that we don't know we don't know how to train our brains to filter out what's important, and we have a an innate filter built in inside of our brain is called the reticular activating system. It is a built-in filter at the back, right above the brainstem, within the brainstem actually. And this is what helps us to filter out what is truly important. But right now, our filter is filtered based on what we value and what we want to focus on. And it's also guided by our emotions and feelings. So this is how, how can you hone your situational awareness so that your brain can begin to automatically filter out what truly is important so that it will give you a heightened awareness and therefore make you be able to see things that you would not normally see, right? Because wouldn't you agree that the people who are successful in business and in career and in life, they're the ones that can see the big picture vision of things and therefore formulate a strategy to get there. But how do they do that? Have you ever wondered how do they do that? It's because they have a, an acute situational awareness. They have awareness of themselves as they move through that environment, and they have an awareness of the elements of that environment which are important, but they're not overwhelmed by it because they've trained themselves to master developing mental models on how to think about these things. And again, this really requires external guidance to help you to hone that skill set so that once you have been helped, once you develop that skill set with a coach and a mentor, then you will have the inner guidance and it will become an automatic response. Right, so that is principle number three. So what have we got so far? We covered three principles so far, right? Principle number one is social competency, right? Principle number two is standards of conscience. And then principle number three, we just talked about this, it's situational consciousness. So what is principle number four? And this is the fourth principle when it comes to improving your interpersonal skills. Principle number four is self-control. Self-control. This is all about, first of all, number one, it is all about managing your emotions, right? Because emotions are a very strong driving force. Even if you don't want to admit it or if you don't care to admit it, right? They are a strong driving force. People do anything in this world in their life for one reason only. It's because we feel like it. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes when you don't feel like doing something, in that moment, it's the most difficult thing that you can do. So this is all about how do you influence yourself? How do you manage your emotions? It's, it merges, all of this self-control, it merges with what's called intrapersonal skills. This video was about interpersonal skills. Remember, inter means in between, interpersonal is in between people. Right? Self-control is part of intrapersonal skills. Intra means within. Intrapersonal is within the person. So self-control is an intrapersonal skill. That is how you manage yourself, control yourself. It's all within you. And this self-control piece falls inside of developing interpersonal skills as well. Right, so those are the four key principles on how you can improve your interpersonal skills.